Shalom Aleichem, dear friends. We have a uh, unusual Gemara we'll discuss today. Gemara and Gitten, Tathnun Zayna Aleph, tells us a story of the destruction of Betar and says that Betar was destroyed um, when uh, the Romans decided they were rebelling, so they, they sent an army to attack it. And there was there a particular man from the south, Bardaroma, he's called a southerner, um, Dehavi, that he would jump and attack the Romans from a mile away, and he would kill them and then disappear. And he was doing this over and over, to the point that the Roman general who was trying to attack Betar took his crown off of his head, sat down on the ground, and prayed to God. And he said, please don't let me be embarrassed from this man. Let me at least get away with my dignity. Um, and indeed, the, this person, this man, uh, his mouth tripped him up, and he said the following. He said, Apostle from Tehillim, Halo ata elokim zinachtonu, are you not God that you've um, abandoned us? Voloteitsei elokim bitsivoseinu. And the God will not go out to war with us. So says the Gemara, what do you mean? But he's saying a Pasuk from David Amelech. I mean, David said the Pasuk. So this is no. David said it as a bit me, with a wonderment. Are you not the God who abandoned us? But now, and, and you won't come out to war with us? How can you not come out to war with us? We, we need you. Right? Whereas he did not say it as a wonderment, he just said it as a statement of fact. Don't go out to war with us. So, therefore, because he said this, he went to an outhouse and a snake crawled up and it stung him. It, it uh, tore open his bowels and uh, and his soul died. So, the... Roman general said that since a miracle happened to me and I was saved from from this very very difficult challenge, so I'll I'll leave them. I'll I'll go back. I'll retreat, and we we'll leave it. You know we won't destroy Betar. Um, and as he was leaving, the people of Betar saw what was happening, so they started jumping around and partying and eating and drinking and lighting fires of celebration. Uh, so, the, so, he, so then the Roman general said, also, they're making fun of me. They're, they're mocking me. So he turned back around with his army, and he went and invaded Betar, and they slaughtered there, and it was a terrible, terrible slaughter, as we know. Um, so a few points. First of all, uh, the, why did the Roman general decide 
that they were making fun of him, that they that they were mocking him. Maybe they were just happy to get away with their lives. So the Marsha asks the question, and the Marsha answers that if it would, they would have been showing gratitude to Hashem, they would have been singing Hallel and, you know, Shvachos, that would have been different. But they were making a party, which means that they felt that they themselves are the ones that are the cause for their salvation, because they must be so strong. They're so strong that Caesar is retreating, meaning it's not that they're saying, oh, wow, you know, the, the Romans would have, would have killed us, but Hashem saved us, and we are humbled through, from this, and we are, you know, now more pious and more religious. Instead, no, it was our own strength that did it, so we can now party and celebrate. So because of that... Um, he came back, and, and that was the Hurban of Betar. That's point number one. Um, point number two, if the Marshal asks, how does the Gemara know that when, that when this Bardaroma, this uh, southern man, when he quoted the Pesach from Tehillim of, are you not the one, the God who abandoned us, and you won't go to, out to war with us? That, uh, how, how do we know that he wasn't saying it like David also? That yes, like David said it as a bit me, as a bewilderment, as a wonderment. How can you not go out to war with us? How does he know that it's not... Uh, how does the Gemara know that he didn't say the same thing? So the Marsha answers, well, because we see from the context. David said the whole, uh, the whole capital, the entire... Uh, Tehila, where it's very clear that he recognizes Hashem as being the one of, in charge of all power. So within that context, you understand that it's a statement of bewilderment. But that he, this Bardaroma, would only say justice possible by itself, so that, shows, so that then can be assumed that he was saying it as a statement of fact, don't go out to war with us, as opposed to as a uh, as as a bewilderment, how can it be that you won't go out over this? Um, the the other points to bring up on on this Gemara is I'm sorry, I have I I, I misspoke the. The this Gemara that we just went through is not discussing the Hurban of Betar. The this Gemara is discussing the Hurban of what was called Tur Malka. Tur Malka means the mountain of the king. Tur is a mountain, Malka is of the king. Um, and, and and the problem with this Gemara is that it's really not clear where this place, Turmalka, was. It was clearly an extraordinarily populous place, as Gemara describes over here. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the record is that, that you know, the, when the Romans came in, it, it recalls how much slaughter there was. 
but there's no historical record of such a place and of such a man, this man from the south, a southern man, who was the defender of this of this place called Turmalka. Uh, some have even proposed that this was a maybe a, a fictional place, that this wasn't really a, a real place. Hard to understand such a thing when when uh, the Gemora here in Gitten is going through and telling us about you know, the, the events that, that led up to the destruction of Yerushalayim and then it talks about the events that led up to the destruction of Betar and then it talks about the events that led up to the destruction of Turmalka. And we know that Yerushalayim was destroyed, we know that, that Betar was destroyed. So to say that Turmalka was uh, something made up, uh, some sort of an analogy or something, that there was no such place, that would be difficult. But if you don't say that, so then how do we understand it? Uh, this seems to be such a massive place, such a tremendous destruction that took place, and yet there's, there, there's no record of it. Um, so, I think we have really have a, an eye-opening perspective over here. The Gilyone Hashas, as Rav Yosef Engel, points to, uh, to this question of Marsha. The Marsha is asking, how did our Gemara know that this Bardoroma had the negative intentions? when he said the Pasuk from Tehillim. And he says, Marsha answered what he answered, but if you look in the Yerushalmi, in Meseches Tainus, so you'll see that it's not a question at all. Everything is answered over there. So the Yerushalmi in Tainus is telling us about the story of Bar Kochba and of the besieging of Betar. And... So it says that the Roman general um, was besieging Betar. And when Bar Kokhba would go out to war against, against the Romans, sorry, this is before the besieging of Betar, I apologize. Uh, when they, they, were, they were still in conflict, they were still, Bar Kokhba was the king, so to speak. Uh, after having expelled the Romans to a certain extent, then the Roman army came in. So when Bar Kokhba would go out to war against the Romans, he would say the following, Ribone de Alma, the master of the world, Lotisot velotichsov, don't help but don't hurt. Just stay out of the battle. And, and then he would follow this with, he would follow it up with the Pasuk, Haloate Elohim Zenachtonu, are you not the God who has abandoned us? So don't go out to, to with our with our legions. Don't go out with our armies. So now this is a fascinating thing. The Yerushalmi is identifying this Posak, this same thing that the Gemorian Gitten told us about this Bar Daroma who was defending. Malka, 
Um, now we are being told that Bar Kokhba was saying, was saying the same thing when he was going out to war with the Romans. And so then the Yerushalmi continues that for three and a half years, the Roman general Adrianus encircled Betar, besieged Betar. And for three and a half years, Rabbi Alozer Hamadoi, Alozer Hamadoi was the Gadolador. He was the he was the elder Torah scholar, and he was also the uncle or of Bar Kokhba. And so he sat for these three and a half years. He sat in sack and ashes and davened every day that Hashem should have mercy on the city and uh, and that he shouldn't judge the the people. So, the, that's it. So, so Adrianus could not conquer the city. And he thought, that's it. He's going to abandon. He's going to leave. He's going to retreat. He's not, able to, he's not able to overcome it. So, one particular Kusi said to Adrianus, No, don't, don't retreat. I have a plan. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll hand the city over into, uh, into your hand. So, he said, Okay, great. So, go for it. So, the Kusi went and snuck into the city. He walked over to Rabbi Elazar Hamadoi when Rabbi Elazar Hamadoi was davening. And he pretended to whisper something in his ear and to listen as if he... and pretend like he's listening to Rabbi Elazar Hamadoi saying something back to him. And he did this in a fairly public place where he made sure the people would notice. So, as the Jews right away noticed this strange man, a Kusi, a non-Jew... Um, in, inside a beta, he snuck in somehow. So they grabbed him and they took him to Bar Kokhba. So the and they told him that we saw we saw him whispering with your uncle Rabbi Lazar Hamadoi. So Bar Kokhba um, threatened him that he should tell him what he said. So he pretended to say, I'm afraid, but okay, I guess I have to tell you, otherwise you'll kill me. And so he went and he and he told them that Rulazar Hamadoi had told him that he that he is able to hand Betar over to Adrianus. That uh, basically the, the, the rabbis are planning a sort of a rebellion against against Bar Kokhba. So Bakochba came to him and to his uncle, Rabazar Madoi, the Tzaddik, the Zokin, the elder, and he, he asked him, What did you say to him? He said, I didn't say anything. He said, What did he say to you? He said, You didn't say anything. And he got furious and he kicked him one time, and with that one kick, he killed him. Uh, with this, a heavenly voice came out and declared that just like you have deprived the Jewish people of Lazar Hamadoi, who was like their right hand and their right eye, so too you, your right hand and your right eye will become weak, and your right hand will become weak and dry up, and your eye will become dim. And immediately, Betar was captured, and 
Barkaziva, Barkochba, that he's known as Barkaziva, the false one, the false Messiah, was killed, and they brought his they brought his head to Adrianus. So Adrianus asked who killed him. And so the Kushi said, I killed him. So Adrianus asked to see him and he examined his mouth and he examined his body and they found uh, wrapped around his body was a snake. And so he said, no. If not, you see that it was a snake involved. If not, that his God had handed him over, no one could have killed him. He was so powerful he couldn't have been killed. So, on the one hand, we have tremendous parallels between, like, like Rav Yosef Engel is pointing out, clearly the, we have a man who is impossible to kill, if not for his sin. Very, very powerful man. We have a, this man going out to war and saying this posseg from Tehillim of, are you not the God who uh, you, you abandoned us? So don't go out to war with uh, with our legions. Um, we have Caesar, uh, the, the the Adrianus, the Roman general who's on the verge of giving up, and uh, then having uh, divine assistance in in, in 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 gaining success. We have this man dying, the the the, the powerful man Bar Kokhba or this Bardroma dying from a snake to a certain extent. Um, so the parallels are obviously undeniable in what they're talking about, in, in, the, in the parallel between the two of them. Um, so it appears that Tur Malka was the region, that was the region that was being defended by Bar Kokhba. And then there is the actual... Um, uh, that there's the, the the actual breaking into the beta itself. Those are, those were two different stages in the conquest and and also the the level of slaughter that took place in beta uh, when it was conquered and and, and the one that's described in Turmalka are, are very similar as well. Um, now, the, 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 the problem is that the Gemoran Gittin clearly says that he went to a, he went to a uh, outhouse and a snake bit him and, and, and he died, his soul died. His soul rested. Um, whereas here, it sounds like Bar Kokhba was killed in the battle, in, in the conquest of Betar. So... The truth is that the morale in Chidushia Gadus, Masecha Shabbos, that there you have the Gemara is talking about Rishu and Bar Yochai being very upset about two different people for two different reasons. One of them, it was a another Tamil Chacham who did something very embarrassing to Rishu and Bar Yochai and he, he really acted inappropriately. Um, another one was Yehuda Ben Gerim, the one who snitched, who, not snitched, but through him, the Romans found out about what Rabbi Shimba Yochai had said about him, and therefore he was 
forced into going into hiding for 12 years into the cave. So the Gemara there says that Rishim Bar Yochai um, put his eye on the two of them and about the elderly Torah scholar that had behaved inappropriately, it says, Nach Nafshei, his soul came to a rest. Whereas about Yehuda Ben Gerim, it says that he, he transformed him to a pile of bones. So the morale there explains the differences that if you, when, whenever you see throughout Shas that a, someone put his eye on, that a Chacham put his eye on someone and he turned him into a pile of bones, it means he died immediately on the spot. Whereas if it says, Nach Nafshei, the soul rested, it means that he eventually died. So, potentially, when the snake bit him, it doesn't mean that he died right away, but either it means that he maybe got wounded from it, but the description of a snake um, basically tearing open his bowels, that sounds pretty pretty gruesome, it doesn't sound like uh, it sounds like that that's what would have killed him, and yet we have here in the Yerushalmi the Kusi saying that he killed him but how is the Kusi saying that he killed him, first of all is it the same Kusi though, the Kusi that that went and did this whole trick to get Rabbi Lazar Modoy killed, or was it a different Kusi, but if it is a different Kusi, so the, the, the other Kusi that killed Bar Kochba, they kill him on a, on a, on a deathbed, and they, he had a snake wrapped around him, and the snake bit him. What, what are Hazal telling us? So what killed him? Was it a war? Was he killed in war? Or was there a snake that poisoned him, that killed him? So, I think from all this we can understand that Hazal don't speak in language the way that we expect them to. Hazal don't communicate by telling you uh, the historical story of what transpired. That's not what they're out to do. They use mashalim analogies to convey very powerful ideas. And here the idea is that, of course, practically what happened was that Bar Kokhba was killed in the conquest of Betar. And that's... The, he was killed by soldiers. But... When the Adrianus asked, who killed this man? He was so powerful. How could he have been killed? Who killed him? So the Kushi said, I killed him. Because by me coming and me whispering in Rabbi Lazar, uh, Rabbi Lazar um, apologize, Rabbi Lazar Hamadoi, uh, in, into his ear and getting him in trouble and getting Bar Kochba to break with the rabbis and, and, and him killing the leading rabbi of the generation and so by doing that he destined himself to be to be destroyed so I mean at that moment Hashem handed him over so the Kuzi is saying I, I killed him not, not, not to say that he killed him necessarily practically with his own sword, but he was the cause of Bar Kokhba's downfall. And specifically how? Through Lashon Hara. 
So a snake killed him. I mean, a snake was in both stories. It was a snake that killed him. It means it was the Lashon Hara that killed him. It was the Sinas Chinam that killed him. The baseless hatred between that that this is your uncle, this is the person who is sitting all day, every day, in sack and ashes and davening for your success, and because of jealousy, because of mistrust, because of accepting of Lashon Hara. Bar Kokhba went and killed him, and by doing so broke the force, the force of the army in conjunction with the spirit, with the spiritual world. And that's what it means, that whenever he would go out to work, he would say, you Hashem, you stay out of this. It means he had come to a point of viewing the, that his power was his own. And so, of course, then if that's the case, so what do you need the rabbis for? The rabbis are just taking the credit that if... if 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 it's better to have Hashem not go out with you to war, because then you could take all the credit for yourself. But if Hashem goes out to war with you, so many people will attribute the success to these rabbis, which is which which uh, because of Sinas Chinam Bar Kochba didn't want to do. So Bar Kochba was indeed killed by a snake, not killed immediately by a snake, but the Loshan Hara that the Kusi spoke that caused Bar Kokhba to break with Rabbi Lezer Hamadoi, that's what ultimately killed him. That's, that's what Chazal is telling us over here. And it fits very well with the fact that the, you see that once they came more in Gittin, that when the, the Caesar began to retreat, the people began celebrating, because they viewed it as this is, this is my, you know, Kohi Volsim Yodi, that's what's that's what's winning this war and not our trust in Hashem. One final Maimar Chazal that I'll share with you is the Bavli in Sanhedrin, Tafzadi Gimlama base, says that the Darshans that Mashiach is gonna have a smell for telling what the truth is. Um, and so it tells a story that the Bar Kaziva Meaning that the, for the the disparaging name the Chazal made for Bar Kokhba, Bar Kokhba means the son of a star. That, that's from a from a language of an allusion to Mashiach. But uh, they began calling him Bar Kaziva, the false the false Mashiach. So he came and he said that he's the, he's the Melech Mashiach. Um, he was king for two and a half years. He expelled the, the Romans. So the rabbi said to him uh, that the Mashiach is supposed to be able to tell by the smell. And they tested him and they could tell that he, they, they, he did not have this ability. And then the Gemara Center said something fascinating. Uh, that the, because he could tell he didn't have this, this ability of smell, Katlahuhu. So they killed him. The rabbis killed Bar Kokhba. That's what the Gemara Sanhedrin says over here. That's a Pella. The rabbis killed Bar Kokhba. Bar Kokhba was the king. He had all the armies. He was the powerful one. And the rabbis killed Bar Kokhba. What does the Gemara Sanhedrin mean over here? Right? And especially considering the Yerushami that we just read, that Bar Kokhba was killed by the Romans during the conquest of Betar. So again, Hazal not coming to tell us 
the concept or the, 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 the actual historical facts of what happened. They're coming to tell us a concept that lies behind the historical fact. They're coming to tell us that when the rabbis realized that he was not the true Mashiach, that he was not a person who understood, who was connected to the internality of the world. He was a, he, he had become, maybe he started out that way, but by now he'd become a plain old general, a plain old warrior. So if that's the case, so they cut off all spiritual connection to him. They, they, cut, they cut him off. They, they, they pulled the plug on him. When he killed Rebelezer Hamadoi, just like the Gemara in Yerushalmi says, that a Basco came out and basically cursed him, that means that the spiritual reality changed on him. The spiritual reality became that he was a disconnected man. That is what the Gemara Sanhedrin is saying, that the rabbis killed him. And once the rabbis killed him, like, like we said, that Nach Nafshe, the Gemara in Gitmo says that the snake came and bit him, and Nach Nafshe, his soul died, doesn't mean immediately. It could have taken time. But from that moment on, he was, he was slowly losing spirit, he was losing connection, and eventually his downfall was just a matter of time. As we have to remember when we talk about, we talk about this, uh, these, uh, these, lo- these terrible destructions, the Hurbans, the Kalashal suffered, we have to remember that thinking, having a strong army, thinking that being independent, that's what's the salvation. No, Shalom. that's the opposite. There's, there's not the, these are not the Nutrei Karta, these are not the guardians of the gates. The, this type of an attitude, if a, person, if a person having a powerful military leads him to believe that let Hashem stay out of this, uh, we'll take care of this all by ourselves, that those people will be the destroyers of the city. Um, we, the real salvation is to get out of the sinas chinam of the competition of the of the sus of this of holding other hidden suspect of striving to grab the glory and the power for ourselves we can manage to get over that, we can manage to be unified, we can manage to become one people, that'll be our Hatzlach, that'll be our salvation. May we be Zohar to see that unity for the Jewish people very soon.